0: Hello and welcome to the Food Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. I'm Harriet Frew aka the Food Freedom Coach and I'm really excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Today I have another guest on the show and this is Joe Malocca. Jo is an anti-diet dietitian who works for the NHS and also privately. Jo is originally from Ireland but now is based in Suffolk and she is someone who is absolutely passionate about spreading the anti-diet message. So today with Jo I'm exploring lots of exciting things from her last supper meal, to how she feels about her body image, to books and people that have inspired her and everything in between. So. Do stay with me and tune in and listen to these powerful messages that Jo has to share. And I hope that you really enjoy this. Hi Jo, and great to have you with me today. Can you hi start Marianne. off? <laughs> hi. Can you start off please just by introducing yourself and saying a bit more about you?
1: Yeah, sure. So my name is Jo. I run the blog Anti-Diet Answers. I'm a registered dietitian and anti-diet expert.
0: Okay. So Joe, what would be your last supper dish if it had to be three courses? What would have to be on that special menu?
1: Okay. So starting off, I always go for something with goat's cheese. If there's something with goat's cheese on the menu, I'm ordering it. So it's a safe option for me. So that would be my starter. For main, I just love all Italian food. I put it down because I have like a drop of Italian in my blood on my dad's side and mm. my great-grandparents were Italian so I put it down to that and I absolutely love it so mm. go for like a pizza or like pasta or anything Italian don't mind <laughs> and then um des- desserts <laughs> desserts is like my favorite course like I could easily skip starter and just get desserts like it's my favorite I've like, such a sweet tooth so yeah and like love cheesecake brownies Tiramisu, keep with the Italian again, ice cream. So, yeah. What I'd say, what are those four options. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty easy to please, I think.
0: Oh, lovely, Nidia, no, I'm feeling really hungry. Mm-hmm. Like listening to all of that. <laughs> 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 I'm really with you, actually. I could like take dessert over starter every time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's
0: the way to go, isn't it? okay so Jo like do you have a morning routine and if so what do you do?
1: I guess I never really said yeah I have a strong morning routine like some people do but when I think about it I actually do have some things that I just have to do to start off my day properly so one is like a good kind of skincare regime so I never really took care of my skin when I was younger and now I'm like paying the price for it. So now I have a solid skincare re- regime. And I find that, that just like anchors my day. It's just like washing my face signals it's the beginning of the day. And then always like non-negotiable is to have breakfast. Within, within half an hour of waking up, I have to have breakfast. If I don't eat at the beginning of the day, it just sets my hunger and fullness signals wild for the whole day. So again, mm. I anchor my day with a solid
0: breakfast. Mm-hmm. Sure that sounds great and can I just ask you though, any particular breakfast favourites?
1: Yeah I mean I'm so like embarrassed to say this but like porridge is my ultimate favourite like I cannot live without it and everybody laughs at me because they just say that that just shows how Irish I am. Mm. <laughs> it really <is>. I, just, <laughs> I just love porridge I just love like every day I have it. Sure. mix it up though of course you make like exciting varieties don't you there's so much you can do with porridge but
0: mm. oh I think it's a brilliant food isn't it actually kind of keeps yeah. you going tasty and yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. okay Joe, what's the emotional state do you think that you most struggle with
1: Oh, uh, I, I don't even know if I can class this as an emotional state but the one I most struggle with is relating to uncertainty and just, like, having everything kind of up in the air a lot. You know, things relating to, to your life, like, oh, what, where am I going to, like, go for food shopping next, say, in this pandemic time? Or when mm. um, am I going to get the chance to see my family again? And Again, maybe this is more heightened in the pandemic, and that's why I'm bringing it up, but I just find not knowing how the future is going to unfold can be tough
0: to manage mm, sure well I think it's so relevant isn't it in the pandemic and I know kind of like what's been coming up on when people have been like contacting me on, on Instagram and stuff it's like anxiety yeah. is just like so high because I think yeah uncertainty is really hard to deal with isn't it so yeah, yeah maybe, so appreciate- maybe
1: they're on the same spectrum maybe uncertainty and anxiety kind of go hand in hand a bit because it's, mm. it's, oh, it's always future-focused, isn't it? You're always looking at the future with anxiety and uncertainty. Your mind is based in the future. So I wonder if the two are actually linked, perhaps. I don't know.
0: Not a, yeah, well, no, definitely. Not definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yeah. yeah. So how do you think, how are you dealing with that then as well? How are you dealing with that uncertainty and kind of feeling anxious?
1: I try to focus on the things that I can control. So, simple things like I can control, like, you know, when I get up in the morning, I can control what I can control, my routine for the day, like, just, oh, like, I can control what I choose to take in from the media. I can put a stop on that. And that's something I can control. And that's something that makes me feel better is when I just limit my media intake, social media intake that helps me just keep myself grounded in what's happening, like right in this present moment, and gives me something that I can control, that I can take take control
0: over without any uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Joe, when was the moment for you that you decided that you wanted to train as a dietitian?
1: So this probably in my late teens a wide circle of friends, in my group of friends, including myself, we all had different ways of approaching our food intake, you know, choosing what we ate and what we didn't eat. And everybody was quite different from one another. One girl um like high carbohydrate foods, another girl like like didn't have any quote unquote healthy foods and lived on kind of like sweets and chocolate all day. And um, and both were equally happy. And I guess I wondered like what is it that drive because in that group as well there was girls who weren't happy with their food choices and food intake and they really had a lot of issues with their food and had some eating disorders behaviors so I wondered how come there's some people who can be quite happy with what they eat and there's a whole other group of people who really struggle with choosing quote-unquote a diet or a way of eating like, like a normal way of eating for them that suits them why is there that kind of disparity between with their their relationship with food and some people just aren't and I, I was really interested to find out the causology behind
0: that. Mm, sure so it sounds like almost like a real kind of fascination and interest I guess mm. in like people's eating habits and kind of what drives them what motivates them just how we're all so different really yeah i wanted to understand that more. Do you think that it's necessary to explore your past to heal your relationship with food?
1: Yeah, I think we are brought up by our caregivers who teach us our initial thoughts around food. They're the ones who teach us our initial beliefs around food. So even though we may not think that that's important and we may think it's not relevant, when you delve further, it's interesting that a lot of what we believe about food now relates back to our childhood. So I think exploring that in
0: therapy is something that can be quite useful for my clients. Mm, Sure. And would you do that as well? Because obviously you're a dietitian rather than a therapist, but would that as well be kind of part of your role in some of the work that you do with your clients?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I help my clients to develop a timeline. So we draw out on a piece of paper like a timeline and we put specific points on that timeline where food was an important marker in their lives, say. So for example, a client might write, so they started school at age five, by age 10, they've had lots of happy memories about food, but by age 10, started to notice that their mother or sister were going on diets a lot. So diet was first introduced at age 10, age 15, first started to gauge in their own eating disorder behaviours, so on, so on, so on. Of course, if it's ever any sort of trauma or something that's really difficult for the client to work through I will always revert them to therapy but I think I can just help the client to span over their their history with food so far and pick out where has food been most prevalent for them and what those milestones have meant for their current relationship with food.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah and it sounds really really valuable so I know as so you're an anti-diet Dietitian, aren't you so mm-hmm. is that kind of like is that kind of approach does that kind of is that the way you work kind of with all your kind of clients is that kind of like your you know the way you kind of approach things
1: yeah so I used to work in the weight loss space I used to help my clients to lose weight and I just found that work was incredibly unfulfilling because I saw the damage that dieting can do to some people especially in people are what they describe themselves as chronic dieters so on and off diets their whole lives the last thing people like that needed was another diet because there's a lot of psychological damage there so i used to work in weight loss and i'm not saying that it's never appropriate for somebody to embark on weight loss and i have worked with people who have quote unquote successfully lost weight but those people were often ones who weren't Psychologically harmed by food, or weren't psychologically attached to food in the same way that some of my other clients are. So, I'm never saying never to weight loss, but mm. fundamentally, I work with people who are just too damaged by diets and by weight loss to help them to move forward and to rebuild really a positive relationship with food.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that sounds so valuable, and I think it's fantastic that more and more kind of dietitians are working in that way. Yeah. So, Joe, how's your body image today?
1: Oh, I would, <laughs> I would just describe it as neutral. Is that a word? Fine. I don't have any sort of attachments to my body image, I guess. It's not something I check in with, but of course, I have done a lot of work in my field to make sure that as a professional, I can separate my own body from my work entirely. So mm. I have that background, that real solid foundation that I'm just good with my body. I'm okay with my body. I don't, I don't have any hang-ups about it any, anymore. So I would just describe it as fine. It's not something I have to
0: even think about now. Mm, sure. Okay. And do you think, are there any things that you do daily just to kind of keep that in good check? Again, I guess
1: not particularly. It's not something that I have
0: to really
1: think about but just from like a more holistic point of view I mean I do feel better in myself in my body and in my mind when I prioritize self-care so that's Mm -hmm. sleeping you know sleeping well drinking lots of fluid going for some gentle exercise when I can connecting with my you know with my partner and my family even if it is just over zoom Mm -hmm. or whatsapp So just I prioritise self-care and I feel good in my body and in my mind. So, and I guess that has a knock-on effect on my body image, I I guess. But of course, it's not something that I have to keep a check on now.
0: Yeah, sure. That sounds really great to hear. So would you ever have like a trigger now? Would there ever be a trigger for kind of poor body image for you? Are you kind of feeling actually that you're just in a pretty kind of healthy place with body image? It's a good question
1: because although I am in a really healthy place with body image, and I have been for quite some time, there are some things that trigger me in the sense that I get angry about them for society. So if I see something, say on social media, something like a person in a photoshopped photo or someone who looks like quote unquote perfect and just completely unrealistic expectation of body image, I get quite angry about that on a societal level or TV programs that focus on weight loss or burning off calories. They anger me. They just really help me to to channel my energy into working to to banish those things because they don't do society much good. So I guess I do feel triggered in a sense, but it's not in like personal sense. It's more in a societal
0: level. Mm, sure. And it sounds like it almost kind of like fires your passion and enthusiasm, I guess, perhaps for the work you do when you feel that exactly. kind of anger.
1: Mm. Exactly. And, I, you know, I tell people... I Would happily work myself out of a job, meaning I would happily like help to, to solve this society issue with dieting and diet culture, uh, it didn't exist anymore, and then I would be out of a job. But I would be happy, I would be happy to then,
0: yeah, sure, yeah, that's great to hear. So, was there any particular turning point for you in your relationship with food over the years? I mean, just studying the psychology behind
1: our food relationships really really helped to be guided through that in in like a professional environment I felt was really good so yeah I think I would put it down to just having more knowledge and that's why I advise anybody who's working through a difficult relationship with food by themselves you know don't underestimate the power of professional support because we only know what we know and professionals We have, you know, we've dedicated our whole lives to this and we have professionals just have so much knowledge on the issue that when you meet someone in a professional environment, you get all their knowledge, you get all their insight that they have studied for years and dedicated their lives to for years, and they can impart that to you, you know, in just a few sessions. That's what I I really think is so valuable about
0: professional support for people struggling with with issues with food. Mm, Sure. And And Jo, have you had any of your own struggles with food or have you always kind of had quite a peaceful relationship with eating?
1: I was vainly sweet tooth when I was like a teenager. Like I just loved sweets. I would eat them all the time. I did feel like that was something I was judged for. Even though I was a happy kid, like I was not, you know, I didn't judge it as bad, but everybody else seemed to do like on it, even some of my family members at that point and you know, school and teachers and things, office was bad. So that then started to spark me off onto, oh, well, maybe I sh- should diet, I should take these away and like fix my food intake, like quote unquote fix it as if there was something wrong with it. So as time developed, I did try some diets in my time and always 100% they would result in that dreaded diet binge cycle. Mm-hmm. So so i I'm kind of mixed. I wouldn't say that I had an eating disorder, certainly not, but I did have like a lot of disordered eating habits that stemmed from dieting, so now I know, mm. you know well i I've, I've known for a long time just never to diet, but i I understand that's not that easy for everybody else so and that's actually the primarily who I work with now is people who don't claim that they have had an eating disorder, have never been diagnosed with an eating disorder, but do exhibit those disorder eating patterns. Those are my, my niche of clients because
0: that's who I can best relate to from
1: my own experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So is there any advice that you'd give to your younger self, you know, if you could turn back the clock back to that kind of time when you sort of started dieting?
1: Yeah, there's so much I would I would recommend just to you know, think that when you're going on a diet for your first diet, it's not going to be a one and done type of situation. When you embark on that first diet, you're signing up to something for for a long time. That diet might not work and you may stop dieting within a couple of weeks, but the effects of that are long-term. So don't just start on any diets like willingly. You need to to think about this from a long-term perspective and as older and more wiser version of of me I would say just don't even go there don't embark on a diet you are perfect the way that you are as corny as that sounds that's what I would say
0: mm, Yeah, no, I think really helpful advice isn't it and I think I guess just really pointing out isn't it the fact that it's potentially quite damaging for your relationship with food and once you've gone down that road you kind of can't just suddenly step back to where you were pre-dieting can you it's sort of it takes exactly. a little bit of work
1: yeah exactly it's it's not like you can just forget everything that you have learned when you've been on a diet you can't you can't forget all the things that have helped you to diet so instead of even like going down that road just abstain completely and you'll keep yourself in a much healthier way, mindset and healthier way
0: hey okay. so joe any books for you that have really like changed your life and had you know a major influence
1: Oh, don't kill me for this. But no, not really. I mean, I do read a lot, but I've yet to find a book that I feel has changed my life. So (laughs) if you have any recommendations, I know, I know (laughs) probably, probably people like have like a list of like 10 books that changed your life. I actually haven't found any yet. So if you have any recommendations, I would love to hear
0: <laughs> sure. Okay. What's well, interesting, as well, is it is probably quite a lot of pressure to put on one book <laughs> to completely change someone's <laughs> life.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you know, maybe a lot li- like life changing like that's huge. Like, how can one book just change your life completely? I don't know. I think I need to be convinced. So perhaps yes, I look, I'll... <laughs> I'll, look at, I'll see what your other guests recommend, and I will give them a try. I'm open minded.
0: That's for sure. Sure. Is there any particular book maybe that is not life changing, (laughs) but is that in terms of in the anti kind of diet world, that one that you found is like particularly helpful that you might recommend to your clients?
1: Yeah, there's the Just Eat It book by Laura Thomas. I find that that's just a really approachable way for somebody to embark on anti diet. So I would always recommend that to my clients. Laura is somebody I really look up to. I think she has done marvellous work to make anti-diet and intuitive eating more, more approachable and just more in reach for quote-unquote normal people, you know, people who may not have had any professional help for their disordered eating but still want to tackle it in some way. So I think Laura done a fantastic job.
0: Mm, sure and I'd really agree with you there I think that's a fantastic book isn't it in terms of being so accessible I think to people but it's always also so brilliantly researched and it's very comprehensive Um, yes
1: definitely
0: so aside I guess from Laura Thomas (laughs) who do you look up to and admire in the non-diet or self-development world
1: I really admire the two dietitians who have come up with the principles of intuitive eating, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. I just think that they they have provided us with a roadmap to actually, you know, something tangible that we can actually use. Like they have the 10 principles and it gives us something that we can, we as professionals can work with our clients that we can take each principle one by one. Just that roadmap is just really valuable. So I think Jake Lenard and his work with binge eating as well is really marvellous. He's a researcher and binge eating is something that, I again, it's one of my my niche areas just because of that diet binge cycle. So binge eating is obviously a big portion of that. So I keep a close eye on Jake's work.
0: Mm -hmm, Sure. Okay. And what else has helped you on your personal development journey to date? Anything else particularly that you'd say? Just
1: keeping an open mind. So, been open to listening to other professionals' way of getting the anti-diet message across, um, or the self-development message across, and you know, learning from everybody that I meet, learning from everybody, every client, or colleague, or health professional that I meet to take something, take something from them to
0: help to self-improve. Mm, fantastic advice. And do you have a favourite quote or mantra that you kind of live by? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I have I have a few, but one one of my favorite ones is, if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you always got.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I love that as well.
1: Yeah, it's just you know we all get stuck in a rut at times, and we all find it difficult to escape a negative cycle once we get into one. Like that's that's just, that's just normal humanity. But there is help out there if you are struggling with something like the diet binge cycle or striving to lose weight but you find that it's provoking your binge eating, you know, there there is something that you can do to to get you out of that cycle. And often it is professional support or, you know, resources like this, like podcasts or Laura Thomas's book, or any any other self-development books out there. But um I think just taking the step to try something is the most difficult part for people. But once they once they get on on to trying something new, it can get the ball rolling to a new you know, to a new, a new outlook or a new chapter of your life. Mm,
0: that's a really kind of hopeful and inspiring message. So thank you for that, Joe. Yeah. And, yeah, and So tell us something about you as well that might surprise us all.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, terrible cook. And I, I know that doesn't sound like very intriguing, but when you're a dietitian, people think that you are a marvellous cook. So whenever I have like guests over or, you know, I'm bringing something into work for a party or something, my colleagues always expect that I'm going to be the one who'll be a great cook just because I'm a dietitian. And yeah, I'm a big foodie. I absolutely love food. And I think it's, you know, it's one of the best parts about living, to be honest. I think food is just such a marvellous connector in our society to bring people together and to feel nourished and to feel loved. But I cannot cook. (laughs) So, so although I praise food for being such a, a joy in our lives, you don't want to have a dinner party at my place.
0: <laughs> sure. Well, it sounds as well, I think, Joe, you've got lots of other kind of skills and qualities that you are bringing to the world. So not exactly. being a good cook. You
1: can't, <laughs> you can't be an all-rounder. So, yeah, just don't assume that dietitians are good cooks just because they're big foodies. <laughs>
0: Sure. So, Joe, as well, where can people find you if they want to know more about the work you do or if they want to kind of follow you on social media?
1: Yeah, sure. My Instagram handle is at Anti Diet Answers and my blog is antidietanswers.com. So, come and say hi.
0: Okay, lovely. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jo. I really appreciate you answering all those questions today. And I'm sure people are going to get so much kind of value from that. And I think what I'm really struck by is just how, you know, inspiring and positive you are about making a difference in the anti-diet world. And I know you definitely encourage me and I'm sure you will do so for many others. So thanks so much for coming on and look forward to catching up again soon. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and thanks again so much to Joe for coming on the show. So if you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at the Food Freedom Coach and for regular tips and insights into overcoming disordered eating, do sign up for my weekly articles on my blog page at foodfreedomcoach.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.